I think that's Spider-Man. <laughs> What's a little bit? Oh, we're going to get copyrighted. Anyway, welcome back, everybody, to Did You See The Thing? It is I, your talented host, PJ, joined as ever by your less talented, but still a host, Andrew. And you said yes. less talented, which suggests there is an element of talent. Oh, Yeah. Interesting. I You're the one still, that presses the button to make it go. Yeah, I was, I'm going to say, I was still wondering <laughs> what that talent is. But yeah, okay, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take button presser, yeah. that's fine. Button presser. Yeah, okay, yeah. that'll do. Yeah. Have you been? You right? It's kind of cold and a little bit chilly because, um, you know, winter. Uh, Never really. But not too bad. I'm not granddaddy this week because I've been a big boy and oh. put the heating on. Oh, you're so brave. I just thought, yeah, you know what? I sw- you feel, the others- are you feeling rich? Is that what's going on? <laughs> no, not even that. I think the um, the last two weeks, Carla's not been in when we've recorded, but this week she is. So I thought uh, I'll, so just, I'll have heat on yeah. to have for both of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not as freezing as last week, which is quite nice. And my radiator is literally right there. Yeah, mine's also right next to me. <sighs> we have only got electric heaters, um, but I've created my own central heating system. Nice, smart. Needs must. All electric plug. Obviously, it's electric plugs. All uh, smart plugs. Nice. Uh, so I can pop them on on my way home from wherever, or as I've left. That is how you have your own. Got them on a timer so they start in the morning before we get up. Fucking hell. You're good at this, aren't you? I'm You're good a- at this. Do you know what? Bugger off the podcast. Let's go into home um, improvement. I think so. I think Smart so. automated home improvement. Yep. Can't wait for it's- it to be a disaster, much like this. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, speaking of disasters, should we just just unplug my phone? It's all falling apart. Shall we continue with this disaster that we are derailing as yep. every second goes by? Yes. So, Do you want pre- to start us off with any and, and or some, did you see the things? Yes. I have a very, very quick, did you see the thing? Um, one of our listeners will know what this is because this came courtesy of Ashley Beecham. Uh, uh, listener number one. Have full named him. <laughs> well, uh, listener number one. Um, he sent me a link to a video on Twitter. Now, this is a very Star Wars nerd thing for everybody. Wow. Do you know in The Empire Strikes Back, uh, when they're having the big fight at the end on Cloud City, yep. and Vader smashes the big window behind him? Yep. And Luke flies out backwards like, Ugh. Yep. Do you know how they filmed that? Nope. I mean, I most, feel like I sort of might, but, but no, I can't remember. It's way more over the top than it has any need to be. Let's I'll let have you watch a little, it. I've just have a little Turn the volume down. It's just so so over the top. Unnecessary, I reckon. Oh, very, very. <laughs> what, what, what they've done is they've... they've um, in order to see what's happening, they've gone to a sort of wide behind-the-scenes shot, and it's the stuntman doing a cartwheel round-off backwards through the window. Yeah. <laughs> why why was he done that? Completely unnecessary. I mean, Surely it does... he could have just stood there and jumped backwards. He just <laughs> run backwards. Yeah, run backwards <laughs> for a few steps. Or yeah, like what they do now, just put them on a big bungee and yank it. Mm-hmm. I mean... It, that's weird and unnecessary, but it does look pretty cool. And I guess, most importantly, 
none of us knew that's how they did it. So it, it worked. What it they worked. did worked. It did work. Yep. <laughs> that's weird. Yep. Okay, yep. you're going to have to do your real job and repost that on Twitter. I Not will. tonight on, like, another yeah, day this week. Yeah, will be confused. Yeah. Yeah. Weird um, talking. Yeah, so that was that. That was my did you see the thing. I mean, I suppose I'll just stick it in here now because it's not really a content because none of you can even get on it. I saw Glass Onion in the cinemas on Saturday. And so that's pretty cool to Knives Out. Boy, did I have a hoot. I am so excited for several things. One, for other people to see it so I can talk more widely about it. And two, for me to, again, to watch it. Because I feel like when I was watching it, I was like, there is so many hilarious quotes in this, but they've gone by so fast that I need to rewatch so that I can start saying them. <laughs> There's a lot happening. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Um, I have some bad news for you. We spoke about this over the weekend that you'd seen it and you reckoned it was coming to Netflix this week. I found out this morning when it's not. It's not, is it? It's December 23rd. Yes. <laughs> I found that out this morning, though, yeah. And that is a tremendous nightmare for you. Yeah. I've got to because for ages. You're going to yeah, you're gonna have to forget all of it, basically. I will probably rewatch it December 23rd. I will um, watch it because I finish work on December 23rd. So I'll be on my holly bobs with the tree up with a couple of beverages and probably a cheese board because Christmas. I like it. Good choices. Sounds like a good... And a cheese knife. Topical. Very good. Very good. Get knives out. And a glass onion. Oh, God. <laughs> it won't be a glass of onions, though. It'll be a glass of something slightly tastier. Pickles? God. God, no. no. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've seen, like, set photos and trailers and things, and it's just, yeah... I'm most excited for everybody to see all of Daniel Craig's little outfits. Just just nonsense. Just more they nonsense. They are spectacular, and I suspect I will be putting them in my summer wardrobe. <laughs> oh, good. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Fabulous. Good, good, good. Um, I'm going to comma us and move us along because I yep. don't really have a did you see the thing. Um but I have I have a content of the week which can turn into two contents of the week. Um, so my my first that one is the one, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> in in no way whatsoever. Oh right, okay. <laughs> you know that way, yeah. yeah. Um, my first one comes courtesy of the still watching Netflix YouTube channel, which oh, is just it's is just a sort of partner marketing. Channel oh, from Netflix. part of like Netflix's it's thing. I've part seen of Netflix, some of their other stuff. Um, but they, it turns out they do this series that I didn't know they do. There are only three or four episodes in the series, but it's called Taste Buds, where two cast members from a Netflix thing eat food from their respective culture or background. Right. And the one that I saw, which came out last week, was Melissa Fumero of um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine fame and yes. Randall Park of... I mean, lots of fame, but Marvel Universe fame and, and lots of other things. Yep. But but they're, they're in a show together called Blockbuster. Yeah, which I kind of want to watch. Which is my second content of the week, slash what's that about? What on earth? Is this a show about... I mean, I've watched the thing now, so yes, it is about Blockbuster Video Store, but what is this? I want to watch this. I'm really intrigued by this. I've seen the trailer and thought it looked cool. Uh, I had no idea it existed it. until I saw this. So this... 
this channel and this video pops up in my recommendations randomly. <clears throat> um, and I watched it because I like them too, independently and together now, it turns out. So they, they bring out some Cuban food on behalf of Melissa and they bring out some Korean food on behalf of Randall. Ooh, two excellent. Yeah, great combinations. <laughs> yeah. Great combinations. Um, it's not fusion. They're separate dishes. but <laughs> um, And they have like a nice chat about sort of a little bit about growing up and background and sort of um, a little bit about independent, like independently about their cultures and stuff and then how they got to the show and... Yeah, it's just a nice little chat, and and spinning out of that, turns out there's a TV show with Randall Park and Melissa Fumero in it that I should probably be watching. <laughs> I I think I want to give it a go. I yeah, I sort of seen that it was coming, and I was like, hey, I like those guys. I like yeah. a blockbuster video. <laughs> so I'll I'll link this for everyone, and then yeah, and then go and watch Netflix, I guess. Yeah, which I'll like probably plan. have to start doing as well. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a good plan. Uh. I just want, I just, the food they brought out just looks so good as well. I'll have a good bit of, a good, a good bit of, like a bit of food. This is for my listeners, our listeners that have been to this restaurant. It's a couple of restaurants. I had a Dishoom breakfast on Saturday. You've not done a Dishoom, have you? I haven't, no. I don't remember. It's, what's the best way to describe this? It's like, I don't know if it is Indian, so I don't want to sound horrendous. I think it isn't, actually. But it's like Indian tapas. So it's oh. lots, lots of small dishes, but also dishes that you have 100% never heard of. Anyway, I had one of those over the weekend. And, um, yeah, great. Just because I like food, you know. Oh, no, it's Bombay. Yes, it is Indian. Yeah. It's, so it looks like it might be Iranian from a quick Google. Okay, that, maybe it's mixed. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, my nearest one's Edinburgh. That's not terrible. I'm going there yes. on Friday. So... You should go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, my content. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go a bit, a bit rogue on this one here. Uh-oh. I'm going to go comic book. <gasps> reading. But it's got reading. pictures, I guess. Picture reading. You can do that. Uh, just about yeah so i have been following pretty much since the beginning it's the only comic book i've ever 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 done this uh, a comic called saga mm -hmm. have you heard of this nope saga is the story of a family an eight <laughs> so it's it's not set in the future or anything it's set in space um but like like star wars is so completely detached from our universe or anything like that world, yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, there's a big intergalactic war going on and classic Romeo and Juliet sort of style. A soldier from each of the two armies fall in love. So mm -hmm. one of them has a big set of horns on their heads. The other one has wings. You definitely want the wings. Um, yeah, they fall definitely. in love and then um, she gets pregnant and the whole story is them trying to evade everything, stay alive, have their kid and all the crazy things they meet along the way and it's mental one of the aliens is just regular people it's all the head then they're a tv um... <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so it's grounded in reality then that's that's, that's, that's nice. all. It's great. <laughs> their spaceship is a big tree um from the spaceship planet where they grow as trees <laughs> right 
it's, it's all, so it's sort of like Game of Thrones in each Star Wars, and it's horrifically violent, and there is a lot of uh, sex and stuff in it. But it is a really great read. It's probably like I think it's sort of being renowned as like the best ongoing comic at, at the moment. Anyway, I've been following it since the start. Three years ago, they said, "Oh, we're taking a break. We don't know how long for," and it ended on a massive cliffhanger. Oh no! <laughs> Three years ago. Anyway. This year, it came back. So I finally got the next volume. So I finally found out what happened after that cliffhanger. And I still greatly enjoyed it. So my content is volume 10 of Saga. But if you've not read any other Saga, go find volume one. Or if you know me personally, ask politely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stick it in the post, you'll be all right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's it, great. Sound, it sounds absolutely manic. It is completely insane. I I'm gonna find, on, I'm just gonna see whilst we're talking on here. Let me see if I can find um, uh, an example of some of the insane things you can see. It. Yeah, there you go. There is um, Prince Robot, as he's called. <laughs> Let me share this with you. Um, you can just Google this, anybody. You can just. Um, Look up Saga Prince Robot. Look, there he is. Regular human. Oh, yeah. yeah Take me yeah. for a head. Let me find the Robot King, because that is hilarious. This is really boring for everybody else. Um, you can post these screenshots, though. I can. There he is. Wow. Look <laughs> at giant plasma screen. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. With, like, with like gladiatorial bottom half. Yeah. Really weird. It's a very, very weird. Uh, yeah, look. It's a little baby. There's a TV head. <laughs> on air. <laughs> oh, it's nuts. Um, but it's really good fun. So, insanity. Yes. Absolutely yep. insanity. That's my recommend. Well, for everybody. If, if anyone, if anyone does um, join in on that, let us know how you get on because that sounds chaotic as hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's great. Dear me. Well, good stuff. At least you're having fun with it. Yes. Absolute nonsense. Oh. Um, slightly bigger, more emphatic, emphatic comma as we move into the big bit. Yep. And the big bit this week is... A terrible Star Wars thing that's really awful and we both no, hate it. You're wrong! And we're going to moan about how awful and bad it is because the screws I heard <laughs> too many <laughs> screws and bricks and things I think we'll get to that but um goodness gracious me it's Andor everyone <laughs> and spoiler alert we loved it so I really want to talk about this I don't want to accidentally spoil it I'm talking to friends in real life um who have just started it wow so I'm saying to you those people now if you're listening do um, not listen to this, this turn this off yeah just watch it without without us ruining anything yeah um yeah turn it off all you need to know is is yes we did both absolutely love it yep and we would recommend it so much so that like what he said bugger off go and watch it and then come yep. back pause yep. this shotgun yep. the 10 episodes get your ass back here yeah and if you think the first couple are a bit slow shut up and keep watching that's all i'm saying <laughs> First of all, first of all, you're wrong. But shut up, I keep watching. <laughs> okay, have they gone? Have you gone? 
Okay, now they've gone. gone. Yeah, yeah I think they've gone. I think I heard the door hit them in the ass and now you're back. Just, just, I can hear, wait, you can hear the chair, the chair just spinning. There it is. <laughs> how do you want to do this? Have you, have you had any sort of thought about um, what you want to attack here? Or are we just going to go with a regular vague format? Our format is pretty vague. Every time I listen back, I'm like, wow, that was incoherent at best. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, do we want to split it? Let's split it up a little bit into what happens in the show, some behind the scenes stuff, and then other people's reactions to it. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, so if you're somehow still listening and or is the prequel series to Rogue One following Cassian Andor before he gets Death Star vaporized. Um, and actually it fills out his character mostly. We don't know anything really about him in Rogue One. Otherwise he's, he's just been a rebel agent has been for ages and he's a bit ruthless. Yeah. He's a bit, bit of a dark character who just gets it done. Yeah. Gets it done. Um, and this is his backstory. So it introduces you to his family effectively, um, his and- home world, his friends. And then basically this is how he ends up joining the rebellion. Yeah. Should we talk about, if we're going to talk about stories, should we talk about Andor, the character? Yes. Should we talk about Mon Mothma? Yes. And then should we talk about the arcs specifically? Because I want to talk about uh, the prison one, I think, I guess. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know what to say about Andor now. He's pretty good, isn't he? It- <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he, he is. Um, it it's yeah i don't really know what to say other than he's really really good but for the early bit he doesn't really seem to be up to much do you know what i mean like when we first meet him it doesn't really yeah he grows the whole time he's pretty selfish i think that'd be probably fair to say at the start yeah. he doesn't, yeah. doesn't care no um, no about he's, anything, he's, really. he's on his own he's on his own mission to try and um trying to find his sister basically isn't he yeah um and he doesn't really care who's in front of him <laughs> it yeah. seems within the first episode he shoots that guy in the face what 20 minutes in <laughs> yeah <that>. yeah <laughs> after accidentally killing the other person that was with that like yeah, yeah. in he a doesn't... very blade runner opening it's honestly one of the <laughs> coolest looking bits of Star Wars ever. I think it's all like because neon and bars and because it doesn't look like Star Wars. Like, and it, again, you've been saying this, and we said it a little bit for Obi Wan when we see that sort of grim underworldy bit with the neon and stuff. It's something you've never seen before, but you just want more of it because it's it's actually so much of what Star Wars universe would have been is this yeah. weird, yeah. grimy underworld. Yeah. This is a big, the whole show is a big exploration into the regular, realistic sort of people of the Star Wars universe. Jedi are, are they mentioned? Maybe? I don't think they are. I, mean, I don't, Nobody cares don't, about the lightsabers or the Force. Nobody says anything about the Force, I don't think, no, at all. no. Um, this is all about the people and the empire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. People of people of the world, essentially. And the baddie. That's yeah. it. Um, 
he, yeah, so Andor begins with him, like you say, being selfish <laughs> and, and not really up to very much other than a couple of quick murders. Um, but as he goes along, he meets people that sort of wrap him up into some stuff that he doesn't, he, well, he, he's not told anything about what he's doing. He's just wrapped up into it and says, just get on with it. And yeah. he does. Yeah. And ultimately it leads to him being involved in something much bigger than he first expected. <laughs> yeah. And, and will unintentionally have got him on the path to being part of the rebellion. Yeah. I mean, every person he meets along his journey. So the, the, we talked briefly touched on it earlier. It's sort of split the whole series into three episode arcs. And each of those arcs affects him in a way that pushes him towards becoming a rebel. Yes. Yeah. He has the people he meets in the sort of the first arc, he meets Luthen, who sort of sets him off. And then he meets Nemec, the kid with the manifesto. Mm -hmm. Then he meets, and I've completely forgotten his name, Andy Circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kino well, Loy. That's it. Um, and then in the final one is the funeral for his effectively adopted mother. Yep. It's that final section. Yep. Um, and that's what really pushes him into becoming a rebel. That's like the final, the final thing. This is what I'm saying when it's like people saying it's slow. I think it's completely necessary to have those first one or two episodes where it is slow and he doesn't <laughs> seem to care. Because it means once you get round, because all those characters you meet there actually come back into play in like the final three or so episodes yep. in a big way. If you took those out, that ending doesn't work as well. But the thing about what you're saying as well is that although all these characters are introduced in the first two and then have their their the finishing of their arc in the last episode that doesn't mean that's the only stuff they're in. Like, they're still in everything else. else. Yep. Because because their arc is obviously continuing in the background. Yep. So we, ha we have to follow that. It's not like the show doesn't follow that as it goes. Yep. So I think it does a really good job of of starting and finishing with it, but tracing that all the way through. Yep. Um, and it's just not boring. It just isn't boring. <laughs> Everybody's more than a bit of being a dull, slow show. Nah, sorry, wrong. So we've talked a lot about, like, we've not talked a lot about it, but we've talked about all the, ki all the uh, kids. What am I talking about? All the good guys we're talking to. We haven't talked about Mon Mothma. So alongside Gritty, Down in the Dirt, Andor, we're also following Mon Mothma. So if you have seen uh, Rogue One, she appears in that, same actress. And if you have seen Return of the Jedi, different actress, obviously. She is the lady with the short hair that wears the white um, sort of dress who tells us that many Bothans died to bring us this information. Yes. That is her. That's Mon Mothma. Yep. Uh, and she is a senator on Coruscant. Uh, and she is attempting to fund the start of the rebellion. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's battling with... She's battling with... The fact that she is able to fund it, but her hands are being tied by the governing of her funds on her home planet, yep. as well as a sort of arrogant throwaway husband, yep. as well as being spied on the Empire because she's clearly got anti 
imperial views, yeah. but yeah. she's in the Senate. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a rock and a hard place for old Mon Mothman. It's a shame. If, if you told me last year, in a year where uh, Obi Wan Kenobi came out and all that kind of stuff, you're like, some of your favourite scenes will be about Mon Mothma talking about her bank transfers. <laughs> you, sir, are a madman. <laughs> and now here we are. Every conversation about a bank transfer, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is so tense. <laughs> Do you know what? The whole time I was watching this show, and it was it was long drawn out conversations about this this <laughs> essentially extremely mundane stuff. It made me wonder how much enjoyment we would get from going back to episode one and listening to the Trade Federation con- conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's actually great. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're so right though. These, the, that, that whole environment, the whole world that's, that's been created there. Um, it's, it, she's obviously being illegal essentially and is yeah. doing CD work, but she's doing it for the right reasons. So it, it feels less seedy. Yeah, and, a, and and less kind of sketch, but I, I think part of that feeling less sketch is is just b- partly because of the elegance and the and the sort of what's the word? I mean, elegancy, I guess it is. It, but everything because she's because she's in the position that she's in, everything around her is so pristine in this huge, yeah. beautiful um, high rise apartment thing. And everyone's very well dressed, and it's cocktail parties, and it's all bit yeah. posh. Very, very illegal. Very, very illegal. illegal, and very dangerous and scary. The whole time they play out because she's having all these conversations that she shouldn't be having, and you never know if she's she's talking to. Are they actually going to help her? Are they going to turn her in? Is the person that stood nearish them? Is he actually listening? Like it is all very, very tense. It is so bizarrely exciting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, this this show is. We talked about it with the House of the Dragon review. There is a lot of talking, but you're here for the talking. The talking is that's the excitement. Yeah, yeah. Get it's off, because get it's, off your phone. Pay attention to what they're saying because it's like gripping. Yeah, it's a it's a huge emotional builder. Yeah, um, and it, it it does definitely drive the show. Um, a question that I so you're talking there about who who do you trust, who do you not trust. What's yeah. everyone's background and stuff, especially with the Mon Mothma stuff. Um, so we meet a character called Vel in the heist arc. Yeah. yeah. And she, it, we later find out that she is Mon Mothma's cousin. Yes. My question for you is, is she actually her cousin or is she playing her cousin as part of the charade that this organisation of... I also wondered that. The only thing that makes me think that maybe she actually is is because Mon Mothma's daughter always seems excited to see her. But is that because they've had this this history together for ages? I don't yeah, know. like have but they would they been... have pre had that history? Would they have to be planning that before the Empire? Well, how 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 long has it been about? Do you know what I mean? Do we? I can't remember. Do we well, get an actual I, I, date on this? Or I don't know. I don't know the exact time. But Mon Mothma existed during the events of like episode three and stuff like that. Yes. She did, Luke's yeah. 19. So it's a 19 year span. So I suppose she could okay. have just not been born. She might have just not. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, 
I think she probably is related to Mon Mothma, like legit. But there was part of me, as soon as he said cousin, I was like, no, she's not. This is a, <laughs> this is a, a facade. This is lies. Deception. Um, yes. I mean, I was going to talk about some of the other peripheral characters. There's two other main characters who actually are bad guys for the most part. Cyril Khan, the saddest man in the entire universe. He's a very much a wet blanket. I know. And yet again, I love seeing him on the screen. Captivating. <laughs> I love Genuinely. watching this sad, angry man eat his cereal. His blue cocoa pops. The was getting berated oh. by mum. <laughs> so good. I don't she, know. Is, she is the grumbliest little woman, isn't she? <laughs> so Cyril Khan, in the end of episode three, gets sort of undone by um, Andor. And he has a vendetta against him since, but he's lost all his power, all his position. Um, and he's trying to figure a way back in, and that is sort of when we're introduced to the ISB, which is the Imperial Spy Branch? Security Branch? I don't really know. Let me look. And I don't know how to say her name. Is it Dedra or Deidre? We're introduced... Anyway, we're introduced to an ISB agent. Um, Dedra or Deidre. And this is one of the things I think is really fascinating about this show is for a lot of the time you see her trying to work her way up through the ranks and her interactions with the other agents and so for like i don't know six of the episodes you're like yes get them get them and then she gets to the position of power and then you're like oh wait no you're a bad person <laughs> you know she is the entire way through but it's only like towards the end you get this realization you're like oh no wait hang on <laughs> it's because it's you're right though it's so true but it's because the whole way through the the two are very separate but then, it, yeah. like what you're saying at the end, when she is in this position of power, they're next to each other, and it's about to, it's all about to be bad. And you go, actually, no, it can't. It's not allowed to be bad. If if it was someone else, it's fine. But not now. Not this. Not this. <laughs> um, ISB is just Imperial Security Bureau. Is so, it security? Okay. Yeah. Um, they are she, basically trying to find rebel terrorists. That's what they're doing. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So she's basically tracking a, a pattern of activity which she identifies as potentially rebellious and a bit yeah. not good for the Empire. And yeah. it turns out she was right. Yeah, well, if you're a big Empire guy, not good for them. Nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, but she's fantastic. Like, she, again, not to overuse a word, but, like, captivating, genuinely captivating. All of her on-screen stuff is, like, is basically one-to-one -one battles. Even though she might be in that ISB conference room with fifteen, twenty other agents, she's she's having that one-to-one -one battle with the agent opposite or or the the CEO. Or... There's a there's a scene fairly early on where she has like a one-on-one -on -one, uh, confrontation in that with um, with another agent, and it's it's great. Again, if you said, "Oh, you'll absolutely love watching Imperial meetings take place," I'd be like, "No, yeah, no, yeah. you do." Yeah, <laughs> watch all these people wearing the same crisp white tunic and black pants, black jodhpurs in a, in a crisp white room with, you know, seams. <laughs> that sounds very dull. <laughs> nah. It's not. <laughs> but, but that but that shows you, though, what the performance is like, because that that setting, pretty boring. It's just a big white room. It's a conference room. Yeah. <sighs> but it is a real room. Anyway, we'll get to that. We will. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
Yes. I mean, I suppose they're all sort of the main characters. I mean, so what are the three sections? There is the intro section where he gets off the planet, where he meets Luthen. There is the heist section. There is the prison section. And then there's the, the funeral section. We have gone through this already. The prison section is probably my favorite arc, I would say. E- and it, yes. And it introduces us to Andy Serkis, who I didn't know was in this show. No, I, as soon as he came <laughs> on screen, I I was looking in my memory going, was I supposed to That's know he was here? Or I, am I correct? I've forgotten about this. I think we didn't know. I think you're I right. think because uh, I think the way he's introduced, because you actually hear him talk and see him from a distance from behind first. Yes, and it was enough time for me to go. I know that voice. Yes, who is that? And then, like, then it cuts to Andy Circus, and I was like, oh, obviously. Anyway, <laughs> he is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> insanely good. So he plays. So he, so Andor gets caught for standing against a lamppost or something ridiculous. Oh, not for not for the big case that he's just done. Well side tangent, we also then see uh some of the K two droids, which you'll know from K two SO from Rogue One, when they aren't his friend, terrifying. Horrible. <laughs> don't, want, don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> really scary. So Andor gets locked up in this big prison, gets shipped off, and Andy Circus plays the um the, it's the, kind of weird. The yeah. floor, the floor chief of Andor's prison floor, but fourth labor stuff. Yeah, he is also a prisoner. Like he's not yeah. in any sort of authority. He is also a prisoner. Yeah. Um, so it's a weird setup, but he, he's just so good, and it was insanely good to see him. I don't know, I don't know why. He, he just was really good. I think the thing is with Andy Circus is he's so good, but we don't re- ever realize he's so good because you see him as Gollum. Gollum is incredible. You see him as Caesar from the Planet of the Apes films. He's incredible. He's Snoke in the Star Wars films. But you never see Andy Serkis. I know he's Alfred in the Batman and stuff like that, but it's so good to see him without being CGI with a big role. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him. I saw a thing, a very brief clip with him recently, and it was on like the one show or something like that, where they were talking about his his stuff and obviously all his stuff is in the prison because yeah unfortunately don't think he makes it out <laughs> this um, is again some side mention the other thing i liked about this show is it is brutal yeah he and, does all of that stuff and then he's like oh he's gone now yeah that's it <laughs> that's but it. It's, it's also left appropriately ambiguous i think as well i mean yep. it's likely it's yeah. not but um but he was talking about how how basically it was really horrible shooting in that set because like well, they were in prison like they were they were brought yeah, onto guess, set yeah. and then not allowed to leave they they were stripped of their shoes and walking around on steel like metal floors oh, for days weeks because it's not a short sequence of no it's, it's three episodes and it's a lot of the episodes yeah um, it's probably about three hours worth of film time. It's a lot. And he was saying it really, really messed with him and the other guys on set because it was so demanding. Um, because they were doing all the physical work and they were <laughs> they were in prison and they were they were having to suffer the cold feet and the 
in this sort of horrible, horrible environment. And he said the suits were really uncomfortable. They're like kind of weird and papery and like chafy and just not nice. <laughs> He's like, like really, really buggered with them. Um, so maybe it was quite genuine, all the performing. Yeah, all the performing. <laughs> it's not performing, it's just living. Pretty miserable. I think I saw a good time to talk about it. There is, what, three speeches in this show which are incredible the first one two of them are in the same episode the first one is Andy Serkis's speech in the end of his final episode where he has to talk to all the prisoners and inspire them yep. and he also sort of inspiring himself at the time yeah. that's incredible and later that episode you have Luthen's speech um, to his mall to his mall yeah which is also incredible and then I think the final uh, hologram funeral speech was also great yeah yeah, like like short monologues, all of them. Um, what I liked about um, Andy Circus slash Kino Loy's one is he uses Andor's words, not yeah. against him. That's the wrong word. Like uses takes his words as inspiration and uses them beyond to to all the prisoners and that. So that in itself shows the beginning of the selflessness of Andor. Because he's like, he's just, he's basically given that, he's planted that seed to that guy and let him do the work. Yeah. And he's like, I don't need, I don't need to be the one being seen or heard. Um, I don't need the credit. I don't need anything like that. And I, I think it sort of begins to show that he's moving out of his selfish path of before. I mean, it's maybe a bit reading into it a bit too much because he has just led a rebellion of prisoners to escape and that's probably a good thing um, <laughs> but um, yeah really 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 strong stuff and then yeah Stellan Skarsgård's on so he plays Luthen his one on the walkway talking about sacrifice basically what he's sacrificed to, to, to be in the position that he's in for the benefit of everyone else so again it's that the idea of selflessness it's not it's not for him it's not for now it's for future yeah um and yeah really really powerful there's something about Luther as it's just dawned on me just now we need to talk about it because i remember i was blowing everybody's minds the first like three episodes you see Luther in his like big trench coat kind of thing and all that kind of stuff and then for the first time you see him alone on his ship and he's flying back to someone you don't know where it is yet and then you sort of get, it becomes clear he's going back home to Coruscant and he goes into the wardrobe. He changes his clothes completely to like this bright blue thing. He puts a wig on and then he starts practicing his smile in the, in the, uh, in the mirror. I remember we were all like, Oh, that's so, <laughs> it's so incredible. Completely changes his personality, his yeah. posture, the way he's gesticulating, everything mm -hmm. changes about him. And then his, his front essentially is a, an antiques curator. Yeah and shop owner. Yep. Um, and that's how he has built a, a relationship with Mon Mothma in that she is this woman of opulence and elegance who would theoretically be going to these places and, yep. and doing business. So it's a brilliant, brilliant front. But he plays, he plays the two sides so well. <laughs> like this grimy, horrible bloke talking to rebels and then this, I don't know, ex like extroverted, extravagant... Um, business owner yeah yeah extraordinary really, really great um awesome i'm trying to think what else i want to talk about 
Is there anything more you want to say about arcs, like specifically? Because you, you were wanting to talk about we that. We were talking about that. I mean, not specifically about the final arc. The final arc is where it sort of all comes together. I like how not everybody sort of interacted with each other. That didn't wouldn't seem necessary. They brought them all to the same place and then it's left them in their own bits. Yeah, it. yeah, it's cool. There was there is a whole section that's building up to a funeral, which starts effectively when they're like, "I think I can hear music," and then you start following a funeral band march uh and that whole sequence i was like oh what's gonna happen because <laughs> you yeah. also know at this point that somebody has made a bomb and it's in the crowd yeah and and you also know at this point that it's it's not going to how that empire slash isb wanted because they had they had a uh, had granted a permit for a funeral party of 40 and yep. that was already a compromise. Yep. And the band itself was probably about 100 strong. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of the town comes. So you already know that it's not good for the Empire, um, who essentially have taken um, aggressive occupation of this planet just because Andor might be from there. They don't even know, do they? They don't. No, they don't know where he is. They don't know what's happening. Ironically, for a long period of time, they had him in prison. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that whole sequence was great. Uh, and I also I was glad to see the return of man with big hammers that bangs on metal. <laughs> yes, the town bell. Yeah, the town bell, <laughs> literally. So in the first first episode, we're introduced, introduced, he doesn't say anything. And then he basically smacks the hammers on this big thing and it rings out across the town and it's like a shift change or something like that. Anyway, he returns for the funeral and has the tremendous moment where a stormtrooper runs up the stairs <laughs> and he just boots him out the top of it. <laughs> just fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Um, actually, that's one thing. Stormtroopers and stuff like that, you don't see them for ages. No. No, it, because it's all it's all suits in the Empire up until yep. this point, essentially. Um, and then even then, even when we're on Ferrix on the on the in the last episode, it's still mostly suits, and the yep. riot guys aren't stormtroopers. Yeah, yep. um, we do get the return of death troopers, though. I liked it that Deirdre yep. had death troopers. I thought that that kind of showed her rank, and yep. yeah. Pretty cool. I'm guessing Krennic from Rogue One is ISB, hence the white. White gowns, yeah, I reckon yeah. so. What I did notice about the the Death Trooper was they had there was a really awkward shot, which must have been awkward for the the whoever was the actor in the suit of the Death Trooper. Um because they they're they're chasing Andor through the town essentially, or where they think they is through the town. And they find this stairwell up to a tower where they think he's watching over the whole place. And the yeah. Death Trooper goes in and pokes his gun up and has to look up the thing. But because the suit's not articulated that way, he just can't look up properly. He's just <laughs> stuck. So he's he's just not really looking. I just looked so uncomfortable and ungainly. I just I couldn't help but laugh a little bit. Um, but they're still such cool, such cool troopers, such cool armour. Um, do you want to talk a bit about the behind-the-scenes stuff? Oh, loud. Loud, yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, how, how do you mean? What do, what do you mean? What have you got? What do you... Well, I want to talk a bit about... So, Tony Gilroy and his brothers are is the guy behind this. Tony Gilroy worked on Rogue One, but he also has worked on things like House of Cards, the film Nightcrawler, which is great. 
some of the Bourne films, but let's not talk about them. Um, and his big thing was, and I think this is fascinating, and this sort of goes back to things I liked about like The Last Jedi and stuff like that, because it's not quite the same. Tony Gilroy doesn't like Star Wars. I think it shows in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not like, oh, I need to figure out a way to get Luke Skywalker in here. I need to figure out a way to get Obi-Wan to pop up for whatever reason. He's just made a good story in the Star Wars universe. It's the it's the complete opposite to what John Favreau and Dave Filoni are doing. And yeah. I, I still love what they're doing, but the bit in The Mandalorian when we first see that that scene of someone nondescript walking through the sand and then everyone hypothesized that it was Boba Fett. I yeah. think they did that to see if they wanted Boba Fett. Whoever yeah. the whoever the fans said it was gonna be That's who it was gonna then, be. They then made that. <laughs> yeah. So they've left the opportunity. Whereas Tony Gilroy's gone, I don't need any of that shit. I've not mentioned Jedi's. There are no lightsabers. There is no there's three TIE fighters, four TIE fighters in the whole seat in the whole there's more because there's the bit with all the you know all the stuff flies across the oh, top of that planet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's right. that chase. But you're not looking at TIE fighters in that scene. No, that's you're incredible. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, but there is, outside of it being the Empire, there is nothing that makes this Star Wars. It's too many and screws I, and bricks, eh? I reckon it's fantabulous. <laughs> so whoever's decision it was to get him to do it, really good. Really smart. I reckon it's probably, I mean, people bash her all the time, head of Luke's film, Kathleen Kennedy. It would have been her. I mean, she's not dumb. Um, she not. Then, yeah, so there was that. The other thing he really, really lent into was not using the volume, which we've complained about before. Yes. He didn't use, they may have used it for some things, I don't know. They built actual sets instead of being in the computer-generated stuff that featured heavily in The Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi, where you think you really feel it, sadly. Um, it's just better. Again, if this, had <laughs> been, if this had been The Mandalorian, all of the prison would have been volume, and Andy Serkis wouldn't have had to walk around on metal floor, because they could have carpeted <laughs> he it. He might have preferred it. He might have. <laughs> they could have carpeted it, and then CG'd out the carpet, and he would have been fine. Um but it's just so much better being actual physical sets. It's yeah. so much more noticeable. There's so much more depth to it. Yeah, I can't remember where it was or what, like what it was. It might just have been like a an Instagram reel or whatever. But I saw a side by side of the scene with the funeral scene with the marching band down the centre of Ferrex Town Centre, and a side by side between that and the scene or in Obi Wan where, um. Reva and the stormtroopers have come to where the little oh, rebel holdout was, and they have that yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. before yeah. Vader comes. It's they're not dissimilar sizes of scene, and had Obi Wan not been in the volume, they probably would have used the same number of actors and extras. But the Obi Wan shot looks so claustrophobic, like so insanely claustrophobic next to this actual physical outside with buildings yeah. as opposed to just some walls and some bricks. Yeah. It's nuts. It looks so much better. So much. I know there's always been, Star Wars has always pioneered. Originally, obviously, George Lucas founded ILM, 
which was a, the first ever visual effects studio. You have the prequels. He really sort of pioneered the uh, filming on the digital cameras and that use of blue screen. And obviously they're pioneering here with the use of the volume because it has popped up in places like the Batman and, and stuff like that. And it is incredible technology. But it still kind of blows my mind that every they still, yes, it's great. Why do we immediately go to relying on that completely? It, it is <laughs> it is insanely cheap compared to flying a whole film crew Which to your location. Is. Yes, yeah. uh, but no. So Matt Reeves for the Batman, he knew that he shouldn't make everything the volume. Yeah, so why only some of it is, and that film looks great. Yeah, it and does. Obviously with this one, I don't know if they used any volume, but it looks great because they use sets. Yeah, real things look good 20 years after yeah yeah it's gonna hold up it's gonna <laughs> yeah. hold up um yeah i mean it is it's just that difficulty of it's just way way cheaper so if they're and and quicker as well there are must be much fewer time constraints on having to transport yes. a, a crew and then transport all the materials to build the set while they're on location and then yes. blah, 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 blah. I would also so, say for things like Kenobi, a lot easier to keep COVID safe. Yes, I agree. And it's, I'm so glad that it happened around the time that COVID happened because we still got these absolute <laughs> banger shows. Yep. But see that we're now out of that for the most part and you can mostly get away with going on location with huge numbers of people most places around the world let's just go back to that like let's yeah. just let's just someday in finance just do the trade-off where they say actually that's fine for this series we'll do or this movie yeah, it's fine don't worry about it we'll we'll foot the bill and we'll go to we'll go back to tunisia and do more desert stuff great can't we <laughs> um Ooh, again. Yay. <laughs> lovely yes fun 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 um yeah just somebody just tick the box and say, yeah, that's fine. Let's go. Let's spend billions of dollars because it's just better. Yeah, it's just better. This does, I mean, I want to talk about the general sort of reception to this, this show afterwards, but this also just brings me on to the other thing. Lucasfilm, I've said this before, please, I'm saying, please make a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please make a movie. <laughs> this was, this, this was, this is, this is a great, like an incredible TV show. Please make a movie. <laughs> this, this is the best, the like the best thing they've done yep. since Rogue One. Yep, I could, I could, I go with that. Basically, I just like seeing things on the big screen as well. But this is yes. yeah, absolutely incredible. Yep. Okay, so general consensus on this from people overall, this has been the least watched Star Wars show, which I find interesting. Yep. I guess it's because he's not the only one. Mandalorian is not, but it was the first show, so it kind of. But this isn't attached to a name. This isn't Obi Wan Kenobi or Boba Fett or whatever. It's a shame that it's the least watched. Um, the everybody that has seen it generally thinks it's incredible. Like the amount of positive stuff about this is like insane. One of the best shows of the year, all that kind of stuff. And then you get Star Wars fans. You know those guys that hate Star Wars. Um, <laughs> who have come up with some insane criticisms. <laughs> just some ridiculous nonsense. Just so they think that they can poke holes in something. Yeah. So I showed you a guy. So there's this guy, I don't give him too much time. He's the biggest Star Wars content creator uh, called Star Wars Theory. 
Now, with the greatest respect, this guy's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw this clip. I sent you it as well, where he goes, oh, the writing was great. The direction was great. The cinematography was great. The acting was great. But for me, there was too many bricks and screws. <laughs> it's just absolute nonsense. So he's he's basically moaning about the fact that we're back on real sets and that they used actual sort of set design and, and building physical stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Is that not is that not good now? So screws and bricks, apparently, according to him, don't exist in the Star Wars universe. I mean, they do. They're all over the shop. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, this is. We're now at a point, for whatever reason, where people have decided that they need to find a reason to not like something. They've we're getting Andor, which is genuinely great. Yep. And we're still looking for. <laughs> He's he's trying so hard not to like this, isn't he? Yes. Exactly, exactly what you just said. The the list of things he rhymes off about this that he thinks are great. Yes. Well, you, you clearly enjoyed it then. So what's the like? What's the problem? This is you. This is a good example. And like, I try not to do this. No matter what I'm going to see, I try and watch it with an open mind, without bringing in previous baggage i don't want to go in in bad faith i want to go in and be surprised or thrilled or whatever well, i still think it's bad um but he's doing the opposite he's going in looking for issues yep no matter what he was going to be presented he would have found something yes yeah yeah even if there was the like the perfect recipe of thing that could win best like oscar for best for every single category He'd still go, ah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Something Sorry. would be wrong. Yeah. 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 Uh, and this is such a start. This is becoming an internet thing, a Star Wars fan thing. Uh, it's got to stop, man. <laughs> it's so dumb. I just don't like it. Um, anyway, I mean, I'm pretty happy to sort of move on. Andor is great. Just watch it. Just just watch it. If you're still here and, you, and we've spoiled it all, Sorry, it's on you, but just watch it. Do you want to quickly talk about either Easter eggs or potential future? I mean, we know where Andor ultimately ends up, but season two, maybe what's happening? What are we doing? Anything, any fun things of note before we go? Uh, Let's do season two. I can't think of recent Easter eggs off the top of my head. Season two is confirmed. It's definitely happening. It's slightly shorter and it, I think I vaguely remember reading that this the season two almost leads directly into Rogue One. So it's like week before Rogue One kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so that'll be great. I'm guessing either, well, if it's a week before, it'd be a bit weird to meet K2 for the first time, but I'm guessing he'll be introduced. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll get K2 along the way. Mon Mothma will leave her husband and will... Yeah, leave the Senate essentially, or or whatever yeah. that's actually called. I don't think that's the right word, but um, it is the Senate. It's Senate. Yeah, okay. Um, we're going to lose Lucen along the way because he's oh, not yeah. in Rogue One, is he? Yep. And he's not even gonna... mentioned. Do you reckon we'll lose um, Vel and Cinta? Cinta. Yep. Yep. Um, Bix gone. Gone. <laughs> Um, we don't know where she is though. She may never appear again. He may just might be the tragedy of it. He just never finds them. Yeah, Melchi, he's back. He'll be back. Yeah, because he's in Rogue One. He dies in part, Rogue One. 
they've parted with, well, doesn't everyone? They've parted, uh, parted with, <laughs> parted with midway through this. Good to see him back. Um, just very, very quickly, actually, something I've just remembered. You know when we're on Ferrex and we're doing the funeral scene and it's broken out into the big riot and it's all, like, everyone's fighting everyone and at And that point. guy just gets battered across the face with that brick. <laughs> Tremendous stuff. Nailed with that brick full of ashes. She would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, she would, she'd have been all over it. Um, we see we see Deirdre's character getting sort of trampled and then grabbed by, like, five or six different... Oh, yeah, yeah. Locals, yeah, and then Cyril it, saves it. Then it cuts away, and then it cuts back, and it's just Cyril. What I'm there? Why have we not sort of? Uh, maybe he like, just did some murders. I don't know. Maybe they let it go. Maybe other things were happening. Maybe they got shot. <laughs> maybe they did get shot. Yeah. It, tur- yeah, it turns out stormtroopers. Then the this particular battalion, pretty good, pretty, pretty good accurate. Aiming. Yeah, people, <laughs> yeah. people were going down. <laughs> yeah. dead straight up. This is the thing about this this show when we talk about death. It is it is happy to be brutal. I mean, Nemec, who's like this fairly young looking, nice guy, he's been writing his little rebel man of manifesto, just gets crushed. Yeah, <laughs> by by essentially a pallet full of gold, pretty yeah. much. Isn't he? <laughs> Fuck, that's rough. Yeah, bad way to go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anything um, else? Nope, really good. Everybody should watch it. Uh, I love this show. I love this show. That said, I still was wanting to watch rewatch Obi Wan. I think I'm just going to do a rewatch of Obi Wan and then this immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, okay, shall we move on? Another comma, you say? I don't think I do. Well, okay, comma. Um, you got anything to moan about? I. Do it's not really a moan. It just isn't life crap sometimes. Oh, fuck yeah, you're right. I tell you what. Tell you what <laughs> that's, that's it. An, that's the end of thing. That's another thing that um, that Fiona Shaw's character's big monologue at the end of Ferex, the funeral funeral monologue, kind of gets you going. Hmm, yes, maybe maybe we are living in similar, similar times. Yeah. <laughs> this show this show is a very political. Uh, yeah. And I've been enjoying people completely misunderstand the politics of it. But anyway, uh, what I was actually going to bring up saying is life short, and it's not really a complaint or anything like that, but for Scottish rugby fans and other things, uh, Doddy Weird, I yeah, Dodd. over the weekend. So if you don't know who he was, he was he 52? 52, yeah. Yeah, not very old. He played rugby for Scotland, uh, years ago now um and then after he retired he was diagnosed with mnd motor neuron disease and since then he's been doing a whole load to raise awareness money and all that kind of stuff uh and there's also sort of connected to that uh, rugby league player rob burrow he's also got it now and kevin sinfield his friend has done an incredible amount of stuff so look up kevin sinfield donate to mnd stuff but what's that about it's just motor neuron disease Sucks. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks. I was, so Carlin knew who he was because we talked about him before. But, but obviously, since he's passed, there's been loads of sort of tribute clips yeah. and yeah, pictures and whatever posted. Um, And it's just, it's just the sort of aggressive, like aggressive degenerative nature of it. So two weeks ago now, Doddy came out at Tomorrowfield to present the match ball for Scotland playing the All Blacks. Yeah. Um, came out in a wheelchair, obviously, because he's massively muscularly degenerated. 
And that, he was so tall as well. I imagine that he was increasingly difficult. Yeah, yeah. It would have been really difficult. But it just shows the sort of, again, like the aggressive nature of it because he was a big bloke. And not yeah. very long ago, he was still a big, still bloke. big bloke. Yeah. So, and the exact same with Rob Burrow. I mean, he's a much smaller bloke, but he was very, very well built. He was um, incredibly athletic. Matter of years ago, he was playing professional rugby. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then he even played. What was it? Like two years ago, was it not? He played a charity. He played a charity game with it. He, I mean, uh, they, they. I don't think they. He didn't get tackled by anybody, but he could run around, pass the ball, and all that kind of stuff. He can no longer talk. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So yeah, um, that's bad. That's yeah. horrible. So that my this that's that's my what's that about? And equally, I a read of Doddy Weir. Uh, he's an interesting bloke. He's funny. He used to wear the most insane tartan outfits. Uh, yeah, that's, it, that's what his charity is known for. You, you might have seen very, very garish yellow and blue tartan. Yeah. Plastic uh, about the place. Yeah, and then also, you've probably seen him on the news because it was everywhere. Look up the stuff that Kevin Sinfield's been doing. They're pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's my what's that about. Fuck you, Morton. You're on disease. Yeah, have that. <laughs> have that in your chops, you nerd. <laughs> You'll be glad to know that my what's that about is slightly more jovial. Cool. <laughs> Not to put you under any pressure. Oh, God. What she said. <laughs> Dinner in five, three minutes ago. <laughs> Dude. Very, very quickly then, my what's that about is, why is the dirtiest thing in everyone's house their TV? Well, what is that about? the toilet on it. <laughs> what I don't, so it's... it's it's the thing that you touch theoretically that you touch the least. And why is it? <laughs> why is it always covered in grubby little marks? I don't know. I everyone's is. Everyone's yep. is. I was looking at a splodge on mine the other day and going, "How did you get there? How I've have got, you got there?" I've got a brand new one that's sitting there that I peeled the plastic off of like three weeks ago. Maybe not even covered. <laughs> You've got to stop peeing on it. That's why. <laughs> Just absolute mess. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's like a like a grey magnet. It's not good. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. we shall move this along. We shall have yes. our penultimate punctuation. Yes. And we will go to the bit where you tell us all of the places that people can find us and all the wonderful things that we're doing over there. Right, nerds, you can find us on Twitter for as long as Elon hasn't burnt it down. <laughs> which might what's, not be very long. <laughs> we are at, at what's that about? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at, did you see the thing? You can email us at, did you see the thing at gmail.com? And you can find me and my video game photos. Not that I've posted any recently at PJ game photos on Instagram. Is that it? Dot com. How have I done it? Instagram. I think that's all. I think that's all of them. Yeah. Uh, or if you don't want to put it into Google, try the app anyway. Um, yeah, do that. And I've checked before we came on. We don't have any this week. But if you do write into us, pick your listener number. Remember, that's very important. Yes. And if yes. you do pick one that's already been chosen, we'll tell you to get in the bin. Yes, we will. That aggressively, in fact. <laughs> yeah, it'll be all caps <laughs> with two exclamation marks. <laughs> right, right. Oh, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Go and watch Andor because it's fantabulous. It is great. What are we doing next week? I don't know. Uh, maybe our doco episode, perhaps? Ooh, I'd be I mean, other things might happen between now and then, but let's put that as a yep, yep, maybe. All right, and Sounds if you've good. got any recommendations, let us know. Sounds good. Bye, everybody.
The end.